Welcome to the Creative for Experience podcast. Thanks for stopping by. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. So I'm excited you're here. Hey, listen, we want to add a ton of value to you as we explore experiences that people go through to shape the person that they are. So let's get it. Welcome to episode number two, Creative for Experience podcast. Yo, hope you're feeling good. Hope you're doing well. Hope uh, your day today as you're listening to this, that you're smiling and feeling optimistic but if you're not let me just give you a little extra sprinkle of that optimism knowing that you're created for more you're created for experience in episode two we got andrew averso atl baby born and bred this is my dude right here so i'm excited for you to to jump into this with me and we're going to talk about some really cool stuff but as you know each uh each episode we try to jump this thing we call well, we hadn't really given an official name yet. We tried to like, we learned, last one we gave it a certain name, right, Jenna? We called it one thing, and then we might call it another thing because we don't want to offend you by calling it something. But listen, it's that, that, that junk was crazy, or that ish was crazy, or you bleep it out, that it was just crazy. Something crazy happened, we're going to call it that, that was crazy, or that ish is crazy. Let me tell you, you know what's crazy? Is people that live their life thinking the economy is going to crash and making decisions 6, 12, two years from now, not looking at the current. Now, listen, I think it's a little bit crazy to get way too far ahead of yourself. Now, listen, I, I understand we are in a market currently where things are going really well, but you got to live in a place now where you're chasing that thing within you. I watched this movie last night, y'all, called Crazy Rich Asians. Y'all seen this movie? It's crazy, right? In this movie, they sort of downplay this idea of... Uh, this American flavor of chasing your passion or doing what you love. And, and, I, and I think there is some extreme value in doing things for your family and focusing on history and heritage and all that. But I think bigger than that, I just think it's crazy when I see people that live for other people's approval and allow their opinions to dictate what their future is going to look like. Now, if your parents is paying for your thing, you need to do what your parents say. If, if, if you've got so much vested interest in the opinion of others that you're going to do that, you need to count the cost of what that is. And I would just say, man, you're created for more. I want you to find the perfect balance of both, of doing what you're passionate about, but also honoring people around you. So check that out. Whatever that is, I just think it's crazy when you had considered that. So anyway, episode number two, we're going to zoom in right now with Andrew Averso. Listen, this cat, we dive into some really, really good stuff. We talk about this beautiful idea of where creativity and experience collide and this guy's an incredible filmmaker. He's helped some of the, the biggest brands out there tell their story. Um, he's actually done some music videos, some brand videos, just some really, really cool stuff. And he talks about the importance of understanding a brand. And he also says, I think it's really, really cool. We talk about the ability to pause more. He talks about how meditation has impacted him and also figuring out um, that work is not an enemy of rest. There's a book I read at the beginning of this last year that I viewed rest and work as enemies of each other. But we had this conversation about how they can be viewed as partners where you need both of them. Like rest is incredibly important to recalibrate yourself. So I'm pumped for you guys to hear that. And the, the buzz quote that you'll see is to fail often and fail fast, baby. We're going to dive right in with Andrew, and I hope you're encouraged and inspired. Hey, make sure you hit that like you like, the five star if you like it. If you don't like it, hit whatever star you like. But I hope you're digging it. I appreciate you listening. It means the world that you're tuning in because you were created for experience. Let's dive in right now with Andrew Averso. 
Yo, what's happening? Chill out with Andrew Averso. Andrew, how you feeling? Great. How are you? I love it, man. So glad you're on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. We're uh, going to have a good time. And as you know, listeners, we're talking about this idea of being created for experience. And Andrew is a creative director, musician, um, director extraordinaire. Got a lot of cool things that you're up to and been up to in your career. But tell the folks that don't know who you are a little bit about you. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Andrew Averso, born and raised in ATL. ATL, that's where we dwell. I live and die by our teams, which means which I'm, order of teams do you live and die I by? Kind of rotates, yeah, depending on you know. I'm like I'm a proponent of. I really, I really don't feel like I need to ride with a team when they're terrible. Like I'll still watch the you're Hawks. Not, you're not fair weather. No, but I like a good product. Okay, if that makes sense. Represent. Um. But so right now, first and foremost is Atlanta United. Come on, MLS champions. That's right. Got that cup. That's right. We finally got a championship. And you were there. I was there. I was in the building. It was electric. We were close to the field. My brother and I have season tickets. We decided for we're, we moved next season. We decided for this game to buy the tickets we would the seats we would be in next season, and they're great. They're so close, still close enough to the supporter section to like feel the energy and the the seats moving underneath. What you makes it magical? Like I, I mean, being a part of the Atlanta United start just a few years ago and seeing it move to championship. What do you think has made it like so dramatically energetic? And we're beating everybody, including other leagues, on attendance at games. What 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 has made it so magical for Atlanta United? Uh, I think it's we. Atlanta is such a transient city. So you've got, you know, let's take baseball, for example. You've got Cubs fans, Red Sox fans, Dodgers fans. You know, there's, they're all moving here, you know, every day. And it's been that way for a long time. This was, we built a team that included and embraced those transients. So now this is, this is all of Atlanta's teams, even the, the Red Sox fan. You know, Atlanta United is their team. Yeah. The Cubs fan. Atlanta United is their team. They just did a great job of, of of building it from the bottom up, really building a good team as opposed to a team like driven by aging stars. Yeah, and having which, a team without a stadium first. Yes. Like part of the story actually, was having it not even at Mercedes-Benz. I think that's part of the huge reason yeah. to the success. Like, like underdog. Yes. We and, don't have a place yet. And Bobby Dodd was actually such a really, really cool experience. Like you could get down to Midtown early in the day Everyone was there for United, kind of bounced around town, was like getting hyped up for the game. You get into the building, you got that be- big, beautiful Atlanta skyline in the background. It was loud, felt like you were right on top of the field with the way Bobby Dodd's, you know, seats are just. They had a few more fans there for United than football games. <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, just, so it probably felt a little different. But. <laughs> yes, they do. If you've been there for a tech game, you probably don't resonate with this experience. But. Um, I love it. So it was just great for building community. And then yeah. when we moved to the Benz, you know, just kind of carried that community. Which I think is amazing, the fact that it carried there. I, mean, I do, too. Mercedes-Benz, you know, billion-dollar stadium. Is it going to carry? And the watch the way, not only did it carry, but breaking records yeah. in MLS history. It's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. We can't stop breaking records. I know, right? Break them. So anyway, I cut you off in the middle of your intro because you went to Atlanta <laughs> Sports, which I got excited about. So you're Atlanta Sports fan. Tell yes. us more. Um. I'm a husband to my wife, Ashley, and a father to a beautiful, beautiful uh, baby girl, uh, Emma Charlie. 
who and Charlie, that's a cool name. Thirteen months old. Yep, Charlie after my granddad, who nice. was really important to my life. Super cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so you're a father. You're a husband. You're an Atlanta fan. Yeah. You're on the podcast today, and we're talking about this idea of experiences, which um, is kind of like the undergoing of things, whether it's a brand or a sound or a movie. So I'll, I'll leave with this question. What's your favorite experience of all time? Something you were that maybe just changed the way you thought about something or caused you to become a better human or a, you know, a different human. What's your favorite experience of all time? Um, so it's not. This isn't an experience I can compound into a singular day, if that's okay. This is more of a, yeah. it was a, several weeks. But when I was um, in the band a lifetime ago, we uh, did a tour for the troops one summer through Armed Forces Entertainment. So you play guitar, just for the listeners I played guitar, okay. yep. I played guitar in a band called Elevation. Um, for, it's a great name for a band. Right? Yeah. Um, I like that word. <laughs> So in 2009, we did a tour for the troops. We did um, uh, England, Russia, Kyrgyzstan, Qatar, Afghanistan, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, and then back home. And just that was the most eye-opening experience wow. of my entire life. What was the what was eye-opening? Was there a moment in time that just caused you to pause and think? Was it the fact that you were out of your comfort zone? What made it a unique experience? I think being so far out of our comfort zone and kind of kind of being alone out there, um, we really had to, to figure it out and figure out the culture, the many different cultures, pretty quickly because you're only in these places for such a short period of time. Um, and you're, they honestly kind of just leave you on your own out there. You're not, you're not always traveling with like a government liaison or anything. So it's, you have to adapt really, really quickly to these different, you know, social um, customs and um, etiquettes. And was there any unique etiquette that was like strange for you? Like I know, in the states, it's shaking hands, it's eye contact. It's was there anything like that that was threw you off or you did it wrong and somebody made fun of you? Um, no, n nothing like that. I think the thing that was just the hardest to come to grips with was, um, just the, like in Saudi Arabia in particular, just the treatment of women and what women have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis just to, just to live their lives, just to leave the house. Yeah. And yeah. It's it, unique. It was, it is unique. How did folks, uh, reply to your music? They respond pretty well when you. Oh yeah. They there. loved it. It That's was cool. It was we kind of expected to like, I you know I don't I don't really come from a military background, so we didn't know what to expect. We going over there to play for just like a bunch of bros that don't like alternative pop rock, which is what we did. Right. We were somewhere between like Oasis and the Killers okay. from a sound perspective, but they they loved it. They're just so grateful that someone came from the states to wherever they were in the world to like bring them some entertainment and like break up their mundane you know, day-to-day -day experiences on some of these bases. I love it. I love it. And you um, I mentioned in the intro that you're a creative director. So Yes. So you live your life and leverage creativity. You're designing things. You're directing things. Give us a little insight and, and try to tie in this theme of experience. When you're creating experience for a client or you're creating experience for your team, tell me where creativity and experience collide. 
however you want to take that, because I obviously sitting with you for a couple hours mm-hmm. talking through these different things. How does how do those things two things collide in your mind? So I think f- when it comes to creativity, it's expensive, you know, from a client perspective, and you need to you can't just say this is expensive and now here it is you need to sort of lead them up to what those final deliverables are like you're making the process of showing what that creativity is exactly it's it's you know making it hyper collaborative from from the very first moment level setting on the brand you know and setting up all of our guideposts like in in a profile you know and sticking to those but also being willing to adapt with the client as we go down the road and just setting it up so they feel as much as part of the process as me and my team yeah. are. And yeah, we that's found good. that's been a really, really good experience. That's good. So you're, you probably got checkpoints along the way. You're bringing them in. You're asking questions. We, we talked about this concept of creativity on how you draw things out. What are some ways when you're, when you're thinking about a client experience, when you're thinking about working with someone new, what are some ways you – you ask the right question or you draw them up. Maybe not the specific questions or your secret sauce, but like what are some things that you've done to early when you're working with a client to create a great experience for them? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's about making the, like some of it is like taking these exercises and making them fun, making them a little bit outside the box, making them think differently when it comes to describing their brands. They've, most of these people with very strong concepts, they've given their elevator pitch, you know, hundreds of times you know they know their brand better than anybody yeah but sometimes that's really not evident to someone sitting in my chair right you know right just because you know it doesn't mean i know it doesn't mean everybody else knows yeah and go back to 101 so we got a chance to sit with the atlanta falcons yesterday Mm -hmm. and just helping the atlanta falcons unpack their brand down to the lowest common denominator of hey what is falcons 101 What's the vision? What's the mission? Who's played here? Why is it important? You know, I think the to go back to Atlanta United, if you go on Atlanta United, what does the five stripes mean? What do the mm-hmm. colors mean? It all has intention behind it. But I imagine the Atlanta United 10 years from now might not talk about five stripes and like the origin of the team as much. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're talking about getting back to the origin story of re, redefining what that thing is. And also even making sure if there's multiple founders or multiple, you know, stakeholders in there that they're on the same page. Because we'll get into you know, a session, like an, ex- an exercise, for example, will be like nine different types of houses, you know, from an architectural standpoint on, on the screen. It's like pick two that you believe align with the brand and why. And it's amazing how many times two or three different people will pick completely different things and have different reasons and then so that's kind of something to all work out together in that room is okay why why are we on different pages here where is their overlap and where is the real brand so you become a counselor i mean you're like a essentially (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like you're breaking up fist fights not quite that but i'm sure you know you get people that have different as you said the word stakeholder in something they have different opinions about how the brand is expressed and how should someone um, articulate, you know, might not be mm-hmm. fonts or color palettes, but like how it's actually articulated when you get it going is just as important as the font or the logo. It is. And I, I think the the most valuable part of that process is the discovery. The font, font selection and, you know, logo design 
are really, really important. But if your core values are there and you really, really understand the brand from a holistic perspective, you'll live into whatever logo you're given. Right. You'll live into whatever font package you're given. Totally. You know? Yeah. It's really about a lot of the work is making sure we have that that core that everyone, you know, signs off on to really develop a, a strong, you know, visual identity or, you know, whatever kind That's of. That's good. And so the this podcast being created for experience. And so I, I, I like getting down to the basics of what you said there is getting down to the core. And so a lot of times people in life don't necessarily know the core of themselves. We've been talking a lot today about leading mm-hmm. yourself and how you get down to your core. And so when you think about your life experience, maybe give the listeners a sense of how do you get down to your core or maybe a, a practice that you do or something that you've put into your life that has kind of helped you process and get back to your core so you can live for a higher calling or live for that experience you want to live for? Sure. Um, I know it's kind of like sort of the flavor of the year this year, but meditation has been, has been huge you, for me. You do it. I like do it. Yeah, I do it. That's awesome. Twice a day, every day, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. I'll put a little asterisk next to every day. There, right. are, <laughs> there are a few days where six o'clock rolls around. It's like, oh, damn, I, uh-huh. I totally blanked on doing it today. Right. But it's... um. Um, I read a book on transcendental meditation and it really resonated with me and I decided to take, you know, make a commitment, take this class and implement it as part of my, my daily routine. And it's, it's such a unique experience for me every time I do it. Sometimes it's painful and hard and seems like it drags on forever. And sometimes it's like this all encompassing, like visceral, you know, like deep dive experience and sometimes it's neither here nor there but it's it's always an experience so when you sure so when you have that that's a practice for you that works that helps you pause Mm -hmm. what have you noticed um you mentioned the flavor of the year it's interesting you know watching uh orange theory fitness and cycle studios and peloton and you know there's like there's like these brands that pop up around and there hasn't been much about meditation yet do you feel like the the flavor of the year since it's been so successful for you. And obviously I've read a lot about it as well. And I've, I've dabbled into using apps like headspace to sort of help Mm -hmm. me pause a little bit. Do you feel like it's the next frontier of fitness or the next frontier of, um, human design is that we would learn to pause more? Do you feel like, are you that like chips on the table? Yeah. I, I certainly think a wave like that is coming, whether it's specifically like transcendental meditation or mindfulness meditation or if it's it's if it's somewhere in between you know some new adaptive form of both of them because there's there's kind of just a lot of them there's a barrier to entry which i think makes it a more difficult experience to get on a daily basis but i think there is a lot more um importance this day and age in stopping and taking a breath and recollecting yourself giving yourself time to to reapproach something with fresh eyes or fresh ears yep. and just well just, being a creative you have to i mean you in do. your role it's i mean it, it serves you well in your role as creative director that you know i'm sure you you get so flooded in your mind with ideas just having that moment to pause is huge and i think uh in today's culture mental health is such an important i want to say buzzword or hot topic but it is i mean you look at people like bourdain mm-hmm you look at Robin Williams, you look at, let's fill in the blank with a bunch of other names. Could it be that pausing long enough to give yourself permission to just like, just be for a minute could be the very thing that our society needs? Because 
I was shocked when Apple came out with a phone that tells you how many minutes you've spent on social media, yeah. how many minutes you spend, like just being aware of this is this is where you're headed, this is where you're going. And it sounds so incredibly basic, but it could be that just pausing in life will give you a better experience. Yeah, Would I, you agree? I, I agree. And it's really for like young entrepreneurs and in the startup space, I think for a lot of people, it's it's counterintuitive because yeah. go, 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 go. I got to go, go. I got to get up at four thirty in the morning yep. and stay up until four o'clock in the morning, you know, and catch a thirty minute nap. And there can be no breaks. Any breaks is you know time money wasted. Yeah. But it, it's it's such a valuable part of my day just to take a few minutes and say whatever it is, it can wait twenty minutes. I read a book in January of this year um, titled Rest. And I say read a book. I'll put an asterisk like you said. I've finished very few books that mm. I start. And this one I maybe read three chapters. So I can't say I read it. I read part of it. But here's what it said. It said that uh, all of our lives we view rest as an enemy of work. You have to view them as partners. Mm, that's good. Is that rest is a partner of work. And as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, is I'm not concerned how many hours you sleep or you work. I sleep eight, nine hours if you want to. I'm more I'm more thinking about how strategic are you, what you're doing while you're awake. And I think in the startup space, in the entrepreneur space, people think the hustle, 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 go, go, go. And in the middle of that, I would say, no, take time for yourself. Like for me, I've got to put time on my calendar to just watch mindless YouTube videos mm -hmm. and let my mind wander and look at articles that I want to look at and, and examine new artists and musicians that I want to listen to. And I think we get so much of the hustle side of it that the mindfulness side and the the pause side. And it's cool. I mean, you're the first person I've met maybe ever that says twice a day. That's legit. And bringing it from the meditation <laughs> side. I like it. It works. I like it. Absolutely, man. I love it. So, um, go on, go on this theme of experience. Tell me the, um, maybe the favorite concert you've been to of all time. Concert experience. Uh, it's gotta be you two at yeah. Phillips arena vertigo tour. It was front row side stage next to the edge. Bono was just melting your face. Uh, oh, I mean, just the, like from the moment we walked in the door to the moment we left, like best concert experience of my life. Would you, you say the concerts start before the music starts? This one certainly did. Yeah. Uh, the good ones do. You said that phrase that from the moment I went in the door, I think most of the best experience I've been to, it's, yeah, the music was good, but it was the way I felt walking in. Mm -hmm. It was the air conditioning of the room. It was the texture of the seat. It was the welcome friendliness of the doors, all that. Yep. Keep going, but I, I thought that was Kanye interesting. Kanye does a great job of that, too. And that, my second one would be the Pablo tour, nice. which was just like from a visual and, you know, auditory, like just full package, like ridiculous experience. That's awesome. Favorite roller coaster of all time? <sighs> I haven't been on one in a long time. I feel like I've lost my, my nerve for roller lost coasters. Lost the mojo. But the Hulk at Universal yes, Studios. Yes, sir. Is cool the way it like, just launches you out. So spoiler alert: if you haven't ridden the Hulk, oh yeah, it's one that you get on and it starts off really slow. We'll just say that and it just goes really, really slow, and then it speeds up towards the end, right? No, that's not right. <laughs> but anyway, if you haven't ridden the Hulk, ride the Hulk. It's a great one. How about this one? Um, favorite movie or play? Favorite movie or play you've been to? You think about experience. Think about like how how it made you feel, what you saw. It could be something you attend, like at the Fox Theater, or it could be a movie you went to. Interstellar. Okay. Did you see Interstellar? I have not seen that. Oh, you got to see it. I saw it three times in theaters. I've never done that with wow with any movie ever. 3D? No, I don't think they did it in 3D, but 
another I saw a movie last night with my dad. We went to see this new uh Peter Jenkins um no, is that right? Yes, Peter Jenkins, the director I'm I'm but, No, 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 no. Peter Jackson. Okay. Peter Jackson, the uh director for uh Lord of the Rings. Got it. Um he did this World War 1 documentary where he took all this archival footage and they spent years and years and hundreds of millions of dollars restoring it to where it looks like it was shot in modern times. Nice. And they like back to experiences the way they the way they started it's all just this black and white archival footage as it was with like these World War 1 veterans telling their stories over it. And halfway through the screen just slowly expands and it shifts into color and all of a sudden you are like completely transported into this into this world you've only known in black and white like grainy like jumpy films but i'm sure is your role remarkable. i mean as a creative director and you know you're directing a lot of films and you're thinking about that i'm sure just the subtleties of knowing when it expands from a four by three situation to a 16 by nine to bringing it to color and what that took from the graininess to the you know 100 HD-ness, whatever the, that is, is switching things over. I'm sure that in itself, obviously the storyline got you, mm -hmm. but the fact that they thought enough to take the original footage and bring it in, do you feel like the way they did it was just as much of an impact? Oh, absolutely. And there's, they, they have this documentary at the end of the, the credits sort of like telling you how they did it, which I, I thought was super interesting. I didn't think my dad would find it that interesting, but he, he did. Um, but I think it's something any viewer can appreciate just from the way all of a sudden you're like literally pulled out of your seat and into this world that like World War One looks so far away and like it existed in a completely different universe, you know, when you look at that old footage of it. Right. And this had a way of like really bringing it to life and bringing you into this, these films. And it was it was remarkable. That's awesome. So I'll switch gears here as we close out this interview is um, what book or podcast that you've listened to over the last year outside of meditation that has made the biggest impact for you creatively book or podcast you listen to um, one podcast I've been listening to that also has a book with it. That's great um, is uh, tribe of mentors. Okay. Tim, Tim Ferriss. Yes. Represent. Um, it's digestible, you know, it's, they're typically somewhere like around the 20 minute to 40 minute mark, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, so I can listen to it on my run or, you know, on a short drive. And there's so much value you can extract in such a short period of time because he's oh. got, got these questions down to almost a science that, that are really unique. Like what's the best purchase you've made in the last year under a hundred dollars. And the, you know, the answers are all over the board, but nice. they, they really, they really make you think. And, um, I have that book in my office, but I've not picked it up yet. You should. I'm inspired. I yeah. like it. So leave our listeners with something that would encourage them, maybe a leadership trait, something you've learned, something in your life experience that will help them be better. Anything come to mind? Uh, I would say fail often and fail fast. Nice. That's rare. Most of the time is go get them, go hustle. No. So you think that failure is something that is needed and necessary for growth. To me, failure has been everything. Yeah. Like we, we were talking earlier about that. And I think I, I had the benefit of failing really, really young, you know, being, 
being in a band, you know, right out of high school and was exposed to it early. And so I was, I was a bit more weathered to it by the time I got later in my career, which I think is a benefit, but I'm, I'm nothing more than a product of all my failures and learning from those and sort of reinventing myself after those or reinventing a process and just, yeah, just learning from it. So I, I embrace failure. So people out there that are listening that would say, I was in a band, I failed, I tried something creatively, it didn't work or something negative happened. You would say instead of letting that spiral downward, keep trying find the learnings out of it. Yep, keep failing. Like you said, reinvent. I mean, to order reinvent, you got to figure out what was, the, what was the thing, what yeah. I need to tweak. I think sometimes for me, it resonates with me so much because sometimes it wasn't that I did something wrong. It's just like the environment I did that thing in wasn't working. And so it could be that you don't reinvent anything. You just do the same thing in a different environment or it could be you need to evaluate and reinvent and go to the same environment. So I think that's a good, that's a good word, man. So Andrew, thanks for being on the podcast, bro. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yo, episode two is complete. Andrew Aberso, I hope you liked what he uh, what he brought. I hope it encouraged you, and I hope that you would not only subscribe. I hope that you would uh, check me out over in Twitterland. It's a it's a special little land that's different than the normal land. It's called Twitterland. Go in there and check it out. It's like Timberland, but better. You know, like the boots or the shoes or the wrapper, whatever you say. But I just say go into Twitterland and uh, check me out at Billy Bowie. I would love to uh, hit you back. Um, thoughts you had on this podcast, let us know right there. Any quotes that you have. Um, and really what's tricky for people to have a podcast like this, like me, is it's tough to ask for someone to go and go out of the app and then go type in a comment and all that stuff that you have to do. I would love if you could figure that out, if you're smart enough to go out and to say, man, I dug this. I'd love you to hit that five star. If you dig it, if you did it, let me know that too. But Send a comment, something you, something to add value to you, something um, that makes this podcast stand out for you, the reason you're listening. I would love to be honored if you would do that. And uh, once again, the Keep It Fresh Chronicle is my weekly newsletter. It drops afternoons, Friday, Eastern Standard Time. It's where I put the uh, things that I'm learning, uh, things that I'm using in my business to help grow and to create better things. So all I know is you were created for experience. You were created for greatness. I hope you would go do your thing. Thanks again for tuning in. Episode two of Creative for Experience podcast. Holla.